Ring of Fire presents Welcome aboard! It's time to raise anchor as we sail across the seven seas with me, the master of mythship himself, the captivating Captain Thurl, debonair and pirate extraordinaire, collecting ancient legends filled with wonder and adventure on the ship of myths. The Capre in the Mist. I knew I shouldn't have agreed to this favor for my cousin. Just a cute little tree, he said. And what we got instead was this humongous monstrosity. Ah! What's causing all that ruckus in the branches? Come down immediately or else... Jimmy, are you okay? You didn't have to come down that fast, you know. (laughs) Oh, you scared me for a moment there, Jimmy. I actually thought there was a capre living rent-free in the tree. What is a capre? Well, they're like spirit folk who live in the trees. I heard a legend about them when we were at the port in Luzon in the Philippines. That is why I always tell you to keep your ears open and eyes shut. Now listen carefully. I am not going to repeat myself. Ready? All ears now? Eyes wide shut? Then come. Let me take you to the green heartland of the Philippines to have a chat with an actual capre. It was market day in the town of Vigan, and farmers, traders, and craftsmen from all the surrounding villages had come there to sell their goods and produce. Among those hoping to make a sale was Andres, a 16-year-old woodcarver from the small village of Manga. A wooden doll for your daughter, sir? A wood basket for your kitchen, madam? How about this beautiful wooden sword for your grandson? No? Not even one? It is a bargain! Only for you! Still no? Ah, uh, no problem at all. Have a good day. Andres had grown up as an apprentice to his father, who was a master woodcarver in the village of Manga. His craft was renowned in all of the surrounding villages. However, when both his parents fell victim to a deadly plague five years ago, Andres had no one left to take care of him, except for himself. Another slow day for sales. Good thing I brought this loaf of bread along with me. I shall have this for dinner and try my luck again tomorrow morning. Here, this seems to be a nice safe corner to sleep. However, the next morning, Andres was rudely awoken by someone tripping over his body. Ah! Watch where you walk, please. Can't you see I'm trying to sleep here? I can't even see my own hand in front of my face. Open your eyes and look around you, or at least try to. Andres rubbed his eyes and looked around now, and kept on rubbing his eyes in disbelief. The entire town was covered by a strange white mist, and nothing could be seen at all. I've never seen or even heard of a mist like this. How am I going to sell my goods now? What 
is this strange smell? Reminds me of burning leaves. Forget selling or buying of goods. It had become a hazard to even move out of the house. Where Andres tried to move around and find a customer for some of his goods. But Figan had overnight turned into a ghost town. Not a single soul to be seen. And I've run out of food. I cannot remain here any longer or I will die of hunger, I'm sure of it. Andres now started gathering his goods into a big bundle. An old farmer, one of his father's friends, tried to stop him. But how will you go back to Manga, Andres? It's impossible to see beyond a few inches. You will just get lost in the dense forest. And not just that, son. There are tales of strange laughter being heard in the forest ever since the mist came up. Stay with me till this mysterious mist passes. Thank you so much for the offer, Uncle. But I really need to get back to my village. And don't worry about the mist. I know the path through the forest like the back of my hand. It is impossible for me to get lost there, even if I walk with my eyes blindfolded. <laughs> Andres set off in the direction of his village. It was the middle of the day. The mist was even thicker inside the forest, but Andres kept walking on confidently. Ah, it's a good thing that the path to my village is straight as a wooden flute. I don't really need to see anything, just put one foot after the other. Well, if there's anything I've learned after the death of Ma and Pa, it is to never give up. Just keep putting one foot after the other. Confident in his knowledge of the path to his village, Andres picked up speed. Andres was positive that he would soon be reaching home, despite the mist in front of him. But just then, Andres walked straight into a tree and fell down with a loud groan. Where did this tree come from? I don't remember any trees on this path. Andres now got up and started walking towards some lights that he could faintly see in the distance. Imagine his surprise when Andres discovered that instead of reaching his village, he had circled back to the town from where he had started off hours ago. No, it, it can't be. How? What is going on? But Andres was not one to lose hope easily. He started on the path for his village again. And after two hours, he found himself back again in Vigan. No! Why is this happening to me? Andres started walking on the path for a third time now. But this time, since he could not see anything, he kept his ears open. Andres had been walking for a little over an hour when he heard a faint rustling sound from the top of a tree. Who? Who's up there? Reveal yourself! In response, Andres heard a laughter that raised the hair on the back of his neck. <laughs> As you wish. There was a rustling up in the trees. And then two bright yellow lanterns suddenly appeared on the top of the tree. <gasps> Where did these two lanterns come from? Because they live there, boy, along with the rest of me. The brightness of the lanterns intensified, almost blinding him. 
There's wood and moss, perfectly natural place for them to be, and those lanterns are not lanterns, they're just eyes. Wait, 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 what? They're eyes? What is that thing? The reason for his hysterical reaction was not difficult to understand. After all, who won't be scared stiff if they come across a monstrous eight-feet-tall, moss-covered wooden creature with glowing yellow eyes sitting on top of a tree? Capri! Capri! Andre's hysterics caused the Capri sitting on top of the tree to start laughing. <laughs> you should have seen your face. It was so funny. I nearly dropped my pipe. <laughs> oh, oh, I did drop my pipe. Catch it, boy. Poor Andres had still not gotten over his shock. But still, the urgency of the Capri's command caused Andres to look up and see a wooden pipe smoldering at one end, tumbling down towards him. Andres leaped forward to catch the pipe, but missing it completely, crashed into the tree. The pipe hit the ground and shattered into dozens of tiny pieces. No! With a sad look on his long wooden face, the Capre jumped down from his resting place on the tree and landed in front of a terrified Andres. But now when Andres looked towards the creature, all he saw was someone looking very sad, as if he had lost something very precious. I'm very sorry. I did try to save it. It's okay. It's not as if it was unique or irreplaceable. After all, I had just been smoking it for the last 7,000 years. What? I'll no longer be able to smoke my dry leaf now, but it's okay. It was my only friend and companion for so long, but why should you care? Go on then, leave me alone with my sorrow. This display of emotion from a creature that was believed to be a monster changed the way Andres looked at the Capre. Andres realized that the Capre was just another lonely soul who had lost something very precious, just like Andres himself. I'm really sorry, I cannot return your pipe back in its original shape. But I can make you another wooden pipe. Maybe even better than the old one. You can? I am a woodcarver, the best in the region. Of course I can. How lucky for both you and me then that I made you lose your way and you found yourself here. My old pipe was giving me a bit of trouble, you see. The tiny cracks in its old body were letting out smoke all over the forest. Oh, so that was the reason for the mist. Don't worry, friend. The pipe I make will last 70,000 years. When the Capre heard Andres call him friend, an emotional expression came on his face. Oh, what did you just call me, boy? Friend. Why are you sounding so surprised? And by the way, please stop calling me boy. I'm Andres. What should I call you? I'm Ugat, friend, Andres. The mist had dissipated now since Ugat's old pipe was gone. Andres now carved a beautiful and sturdy wooden pipe for his newfound friend and offered it to him as a gift. Ugat gladly accepted the gift and started smoking it immediately. 
This is indeed very good, Andres, my friend. Thank you. You're most welcome, Ugat. And now, I think I should leave. It's getting very late, and I keep losing my way in the jungle. Oh, <laughs> that? Oh, it's just something I sometimes do to pass the time. Otherwise, strangers have the weird habit of disturbing me while I smoke peacefully on top of my tree. Next time, if you are getting lost in the forest, just wear your shirt inside out, and no Capre would be able to lead you astray. Thank you, Ugat. Off I go then. Hope we meet again soon. Indeed, my friend. You know where I live now. Drop in any time. Andres made his way towards his village with the Capre's charm no longer active. Andres easily reached home just as the night had fallen and was shocked to see a huge crowd gathered at the village square. Surprised, he made his way to the square and slipped past the elders to reach the front of the crowd. Who is this man? And why are the villagers looking so scared? Andres was reacting to the sight of a really muscular man wearing a lion skin jacket on top of breeches and leather boots. He was armed to the teeth with a crossbow, a sword, a dagger, and a spear, with a quiver full of arrows slung on his back. You did not believe me when I told you this morning that this mist was the work of a Capre, one who lives so close to your village in the forest. What? How does he know the Capre? But you saw how I whirled my sword and whisked that evil mist away. What? Evil mist? It was just dry leaf smoke. Do you even know what mortal peril I have saved you all from? What would have happened if I had not defeated that mist? No, no idea. idea. The Capre would have taken advantage of the mist and come to your village searching for food. But a Capre does not eat grain or vegetables. The only thing it eats is the flesh of young women. It would have snatched your wives, your daughters, from the safety of their homes and carried them back into the forest to eat them. No! You are wrong! The Capre is not like that! Stop this nonsense, boy! Do you think you know more about the evil Capre than Matakao, the greatest Capre hunter that ever lived? So get your pitchforks and your fires ready, my friends. For tonight, we shall together hunt the Capre down and remove this terrible threat to your wives and daughters once and for all. The angry villagers, riled on by the hunter Matakao, readied their weapons and followed the hunter into the forest. Andres watched his own people being misled into attacking his new friend. He begged and pleaded with them to stop, but he was too young. No one would listen to him. This is sheer madness! Matakao has whipped my villagers, my neighbors, my friends into a wild frenzy. Their eyes are filled with bloodlust now, and they will not listen to reason. I have to warn Ugat, he will not be able to survive this mob. And then, despite his exhaustion, lack of sleep, and hunger-induced weakness, 
Andres ran like the wind back into the forest to save his friend at any cost. Matakau and the villagers had a head start, but young Andres had two advantages over them. He knew about the Capre's tree, and he was desperate to save his friend from the mob. He ran through the dense forest, brushing off the branches and thorns getting in his way, and reached Ugat's tree first, while the hunter and the villagers were still some distance away. Ugat! Ugat! Where are you, my friend? As soon as he heard Andre's voice, Ugat climbed down from his tree, looking really happy as well as surprised. Andres, my friend! Were you missing me so much that you could not even wait for a few hours to meet me again? There's no time for empty chit-chat, my friend. They are coming. We must escape. Who are coming? Why must we escape? Tell me clearly, Andres. The people of my village, they are coming to slay you. They have been misled by a hunter called Matakao. Matakao? Has he reached here too? You know him? Unfortunately, yes. Matagao is a vile, evil man who wants to capture me and sell me as a slave. What? Indeed, friend Andres. He has already sold off many of my brothers. It seems that there is great value for Capra spirits in the slave market abroad. Oh, so that is why he riled up the villagers. Let us run away quickly, Ugat. They'll be here any minute. Why should I run away? These puny humans have not seen the true power of a Capri. I shall crush them like brittle wood in autumn. No, Ugat, you cannot harm them. Why not? They seek to harm me. Yes, but they are misled by Matakao. They are really nice people. I've known them my entire life. They took care of me after my parents passed away. I played and grew up with their kids. Please, Ugat, I beg of you, please do not harm them. Okay then, friend, Andres. I shall not let any harm come to your village folk. This is the solemn word of Ugat the Capri, your friend. Thank you, Ugat. Come, I'll take you to a place where the villagers will never be able to find you. The Capri picked Andres up and flew away from the tree which had been his home for thousands of years, just as Matakao and the villagers reached there with their weapons and burning torches. Ah! Missed it by a whisker! It seems that the Capri has kidnapped that boy from your village. But don't worry, Matakao the Great Hunter now has their scent. I shall capture the monster and rescue the boy, come what may. Andres told Ugat to carry them to the slope of a majestic mountain overlooking the village. On the steep slope stood an ancient banyan tree. How do you like your new home, Ugat? Even though it is just temporary. Oh, it already feels like home, my friend. Let the madness brought in by Matakao subside. I shall drop you safely back to your village. Now that he has seen you with me, he could try and hurt you to get to me. Good idea, Ugat. Now we wait. A day turned to two days, three days, then a week, with the two friends sharing the stories of their lives with each other. 
Ugat's stories were many more in number, and much richer in drama and adventure, of course, since he was a creature who had been on this land for thousands of years. But then one day, suddenly, the peace and quiet of the mountain was shattered with one deadly blow. On top of the mountain was a huge clear lake, so calm that you could see your reflection in it. The lake was stopped from emptying down the slopes of the mountain by giant rocks stacked one on top of the other. But fate had other plans in store. Ugat was teaching Andres the ancient game of Pitek Bulak. Suddenly, they heard a thunderous sound from the mountain above them. What just happened, Ugat? Quick! We need to fly away, Andres! The rocks holding the lake water back have been displaced by an explosion, and the water of the lake is now gushing down straight towards us! Hurry! I'll fly you to safety! No, we cannot leave! What? Why not? Because if the water keeps flowing down at this pace, it will flood my village and kill all the people and animals living there! So? Let them die! They were coming to kill me just a few days ago, and it's not as if they even care about you! Not a single person from the village has tried to find you till now! I know, but I cannot run away while my friends die, Ugat. That is not what friends do! You go, find another tree, save yourself! If that is what friends do, I shall do the same, friend Andres. Ogat flew down from the tree, straight into the path of the raging water, which was just about to reach them now. Ogat planted both his wooden feet into the sloping ground like thick tree trunks, and spread his arms wide. How is he doing this? Ugat's wooden arms and legs now started branching out like from a tree, becoming longer, thicker, stronger. And as Andres watched in awe, the body of the Capre turned into a huge dam, made of what looked like wooden branches. Andres saw the look of concentration and effort on Ugat's face, as the raging water was held back by the dam made out of his body. Ugat, why are you doing this? Because this is what friends do, Andres. I gave you my word that no harm will come to your village. I'm just doing everything within my power to keep my word. Ugat... I won't be able to hold back this much water for long, Andres. Run to your people and tell them to clear the village at the earliest, or they will all be washed away by the fury of this water! Andres rushed down the mountain slope as Ugat put his all into the dam to give as much time to Andres and the villagers as he could. Suddenly, he heard a scraping sound behind him. Andres, were you able to warn the villagers? But the answering voice did not belong to Ugat's friend. Andres is indeed back, though I'm afraid he was unable to warn the villagers. You see, he ran into someone else at the edge of the village. Someone who knew the threat of the waterfall, since he was the one who caused the landslide and the flood. 
<laughs> a shocked Ugar turned his head around and froze as he saw a scene straight out of his nightmares. Matakau the hunter was standing behind him on a rock, holding a sword against the neck of a scared-looking Andres. One hand of the hunter was covering Andre's mouth, so he would not be able to make any sound and warn Ugat. Matakau now removed that hand. I'm sorry, Ugat. He caught me by surprise. I tried to fight him, but he's just too strong. Matakau, leave the boy alone. Your fight is with me. What kind of a warrior threatens a boy's life like this? One who wants to win. <laughs> Ugat was bristling and feeling helpless. All his magical energy was tied up in creating and holding up the gigantic dam, and he could not even move to save his friend. Okay, I give up. Let the boy go. And once the village is safe, I shall surrender myself to you peacefully. You can sell me in the slave market or do whatever you want with me. Ugat, no! It is okay, my friend. A life of 7,000 years is good enough. Enough of this melodrama. Capre, I will sell you as a slave. But first, I need something far more precious than your freedom or your life. What? You know what it is. Dig into your bahag, your loincloth, and take out the white stone. Hand me the stone, and I will hand you the boy. The white stone? What's that? Ah, I see your friend kept it a secret from you. Well, the white stone is as small as a quail's egg, and is the source of the Capre's power. Whoever has it controls the Capre. With the white stone, one can make the Capre do anything they want. But most importantly, if you hold the white stone in your hands, it can grant you one wish. I know what I want, of course. Riches beyond my dreams. <laughs> oh God, you cannot give the stone to this monster. I have no choice, my friend. Saying this, Ogat took out a smooth white stone, smaller than a quail's egg. And taking one hand out of the dam, handed it over to an eager Matakau. Ugat, watch out! The water! As Ugat removed his hand from the dam, the structure became weaker, and the second the white stone left Ugat's hand, he shrunk in size. The branches retreated back into his body, and the dam disappeared, leaving no resistance for the raging waters flowing downhill. As the water rushed towards him, Matakau jumped up to higher ground, desperately trying to save himself. The magical stone slipped out of his grip and landed on a small branch of wood sticking out of the water, a remnant of the wooden dam that Ugat had constructed with his own body. Ugat! The broken-up Capre, its power reduced, was still trying to hold back the water with its much smaller body, and was being swept along with the water sliding down faster and faster. Save yourself, my friend! I'm sorry I could not keep my word! 
You did much more than that, Ugat. You sacrificed yourself to save my life. And the one who should bear the real blame for this tragedy is that evil Matakao! His eyes started searching for the evil hunter, whom he finally saw, leaning down dangerously from a wet and slippery rock, trying to reach the white stone lying on a wooden branch jutting out of the water. Matakao, don't do it! It's too risky! <laughs> I will get this stone at any cost! You hear me? Any cost! <laughs> it's not worth it! Take my hand, I'll pull you up! Once I get the stone, I'll be able to fly off, you fool! I don't need your help! Matakao now leaned closer and closer to the branch, perched precariously on the wet rock. His fingers reached the stone and were about to touch it when a gush of water hit the stone and swept it towards Andres. Matakao's fingers grasped thin air, and he tumbled down straight into the water, screaming till his screams could be heard no more. No, my The flood came to the village and rushed through all the buildings. The villagers were caught off guard by the flash flood. They were running helter-skelter to save their families, but there was no running away from the water, which reached the roof of the highest hut of the village. Until fate intervened once more. The flood faded away and vanished just as soon as it had arrived. The villagers were all safe, along with their houses, livestock and fields. The only question facing the shocked villagers was, how? Andres, how did the flood not destroy your village? Because of this. Andres opened his fist and revealed the white stone. I used the stone's magic. I wished that all my friends and everything belonging to them should stay safe. The villagers are safe, and so am I. But Matakao is gone forever. Yes, now take this stone and renew your magical powers. You're returning this to me? Don't you want to control me through this? I already control you, Ugat. Through my friendship! <laughs> the villagers thanked the Capre when they came to know about his efforts to save them. They apologized deeply and humbly to the great tree spirit and gifted him the oldest banyan tree in the village as his new home. Ugat was now happy with his new home, for right below this tree, young Andres opened his woodcarving workshop so that he could spend as much time as possible with his friend Ugat, the noble Capre. You know, Jimmy, the Capre might still be there, and this might be that tree, eh, Jimmy? Arr. Arr. What on earth made you shake this tree so violently, Jimmy? Arr. Ah, you were checking to see if the Capre was in it. Well, looks like you were barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on The Ship of Myths, a Ring of Fire production. If you like our show, 
please leave us a review. It really adds wind to our sails. Check us out on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram as well at ROF Stories. The Ship of Myths is crewed by executive producer Anand Roy, writer-producer Niha Sakib, script by Anurag Bakshi, sound design by Sara DaCosta, Vishal Pradhan, Nimesh Shinde, sound mixing by Hot Sauce Productions, casting and voice direction by Ramesh Panika. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Andrew Marco, Edward Choi, and Ramesh Panika, with Ramesh Panika as Captain Turok, 